Joshua chapter 5, beginning at verse 10, we find these words. It says, Now the children of Israel camped in Gilgal and kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month at twilight on the plains of Jericho. And they ate of the produce of the land on the day after the Passover, unleavened bread and parched grain. And on the very same day, then the manna ceased on that day after they had eaten the produce of the land. And the children of Israel no longer had manna, but they ate the food of the land of Canaan that year. Going to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 8, beginning at verse number 18. And it says, And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. That's good for the reading of his word. Just for a subject, we want to talk about you have what it takes. You have what it takes. You may be seated in God's presence. You have what it takes. We've been talking about things, and today, I'm, I'm, I'm be clear, I'm talking about money. We're going to talk a little bit about money. You know, you ever gone on a date with somebody and you sit down, you order. Hopefully you're not too worried about what they're ordering or, you know, because somebody got to pay for this. <laughs> somebody got to pay for the lobster. Somebody got to pay, come on, for the salad. Somebody got to pay for the drinks, the dessert. Somebody got to pay for it, right? And so who paying for this? We going Dutch or... That's, or you old school with a brother going to pick up the tab. You know, I'm old school. I'll pay for it. Especially if I asked you out. Come on, somebody. You know, I, I, I'll pay for it. <laughs> just watch what you order. No, just kidding. Uh, I, 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 I <laughs> but we're, we, we, we look at our current experience and wonder who's going to pay for it. But as that relationship develops, hopefully you start having hopes and dreams that you're going to be with this person forever. Come on, somebody, and you, you want to get married, right, and have children, right, and have the big old house and, and the cars and all that, but somebody got to be able to pay for it. <laughs> so you got to have some conversations about money, right? I don't care what you look like, but we need to have a conversation about money, right? We got to have a conversation because our hopes and dreams ain't going to happen unless somebody got some money. <laughs> Come on, somebody, to help make this stuff happen. In the business world, you don't have a business if you don't have any money. Amen. You can say you have a business all day. You ain't got no money. You ain't got no business. <laughs> I said I was going to talk about money. I got to keep it moving. See, in real life, we value sometimes people because they have money. Colleges do that, right? They'll admit people who have the money because they can pay. Come on now. The elite ones don't. They, just get, they don't care who you are because they got plenty of money. But other ones, they look at who got the money. Right? So you got money, I'm going to admit you. You ain't got no money, I'm not going to admit you. 
The Bible tells us not to treat people in James chapter 2 differently because they have money. Okay, we shouldn't be partial to people who come in with fine clothes and gold and cater to people with money. We shouldn't be partial to them. That's what the Bible teaches us. But we we have to deal with the reality that we deal with money. Even in today's society, there are men who make less money than women. Right? Some brothers still struggle with that. Come on in here. Why are y'all sitting there quiet? <laughs> right? I tell married couples all the time, if you really practice oneness, it don't matter. It's everybody money. As long as I can spend it, <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> Come on in here. Now, I've lived it. I, I used to make a whole lot more money than my wife. But we changed certain things, and my wife makes more money than me. That's all right. I still spend it. <laughs> and she still spend it. There you go. But we deal with this because oftentimes we measure people by, by money. But moving this thing along is assignment takes time. We talked about this. Assignment takes energy, and assignment takes money. Our assignment to proclaim the gospel of the kingdom to a new generation, that's our assignment as a church, to take the gospel of the kingdom to a new generation. And we got to do that by we got to walk with God. We have to walk with God. We must walk with God. We've got to love and serve people. We have to love and serve people. And number three, we have to spread the gospel. And it's important for you to understand as an individually and for us corporately that your resources must align to work towards the same assignment. You have to align your resources that they're moving towards the same assignment. That's how um, community organization works. You know, it's, it's organized people and organized money. That's how groups like the NRA stay so strong, right? Because they got people and they got money, right? That's why Charleston Heston will say, from my cold dead hands. In other words, you ain't taking his rifle out of his hands. He's going to be dead before you take his gun out of his hand. So, and he'll tell you, he got hundreds of pe- thousands of people to back him up, and they got a whole lot of money. So you can try to change all the laws you want to. We're going to fight you to the end, right? Because they got some money. <laughs> we must understand what time it is for our time. We talked about that. We got to understand that it's time for us to move an assignment when we don't have time to waste. So we can't waste time. We got to buy back the time in Ephesians chapter 5. We got to redeem it back. We talked last week that we got to have our energy moving towards the will of God and that we can stand our ground. And the presence of God is where we get our energy and we got to stand our ground. But today we got to talk about money because money is a necessary provision for life on earth. It just is. And whether you have a little bit of it or a lot of it, you have what it takes. Somebody said you have what it takes. Joshua chapter 1, just by way of review, in verse 10 through 11, he says to them, prepare yourselves, because the children of Israel are on the brink of going into the the promised land. He tells them, prepare yourself, get your provision, because in three days we're getting ready to go over. And in other words, get your stuff. When we talked about that, there's spiritual stuff, and then there's natural stuff. Time, energy, and now we're talking about money. And I want to say this up front, because wealth has gotten a few ways. One way is wealth is inherited, right? Somebody gives you money, right? Anybody ever gotten any money? But the reality is most people don't get money. (laughs) So even when you look at the wealthiest of people, they didn't get rich because somebody gave them money. You get that out of your head. That's not how it happened. That happens for some people, but that's not most people. You get wealth by working. Somebody say working. Working. Right? So 
you, you can get hair to or you can work. And working is good. You know, Bible gave it, commands us to work, right? But most people don't actually get wealthy by working either. <laughs> let's, let's, let's keep it real. That's not what gets you wealthy by working, right? You go to work and they cap what you're going to make anyway. So you got to work. You just got to know how to work. <laughs> but because if you go to work, they're going to cap you anyway. That, that, that's the truth. So how else do you get money? You get money, you know, and you have savings. Somebody say savings. You know, we need to have savings. You get money and you have savings. Why do you have savings? It's twofold. Way it helps you to stage off or hedge against calamity, right? So if you lose your job and you have savings, it gives you something to keep you from losing stuff, right? But savings is also for this last thing, something called investing. Say investing. And you really get rich by investing. That's how you actually gain wealth, is by investing. And I say that to say because he told them to go get your provision. So in other words, they already had some provision. Exodus 12, 36, God had told them to ask the Egyptians for some gold and some clothes and some silver. And they did. The Egyptians were so tired of his people, they wanted to get rid of them so bad that they gave them gold, silver as they left. So they were slaves working for free, but God gave them a whole bunch of money as they left. All right, are we following the story? You see, he gave them money because, A, it's justice, right? They earned it. They worked for it. And he gave them what was their due. But secondly, he knew that they were going to need provision for the journey. All right? And so he gave them justice and he gave them provision. Point number one here is faith is currency in the kingdom. Money is currency on earth. Okay? Faith is how you uh, operate in the kingdom. That's why the Bible says you have faith the size of the mustard seed. You can move mountains, right? You got to have faith to operate in the kingdom. The woman who was healed, he said, woman, your faith has made you whole. Jesus said stuff like, I've never seen such faith in all of Israel. In other words, faith is what you need. Faith builds relationships. How many know you cannot have a relationship with God without faith? He that comes to him must believe that he is, right? And he's a rewarder of him that diligently seeks him. Faith grants you access how many know that faith will grant you access? You have access to the things of God by faith. You have access to the Spirit of God, how? By faith. You have access to the gifts of God, how? By faith. Without faith, you can't move in the kingdom. It's like money in the kingdom. But on earth, we have something called money. Money will grant you access. You know what I'm talking about? Come on. Money will get you places that other people can't go. Are you hearing me? It's not, it's not always the way we think it ought to be, but hey, money will grant you some access. Money will help you with relationship. Money will do those things. Point number two here is where you spend your money is an indication of your affections. Okay? Where you spend your money is an indication of your affections. Because Exodus chapter 32 tells us when they got all that money and then they went into the wilderness... Here's what happened. The Bible says Moses went up on a mountain to talk with God. But Moses went up and he was taking too long. And so they said, we don't know what happened to this Moses. We want to go back to Egypt. Watch now. It's the heart. God brought you out of, out of slavery, out of bondage. Moses goes up, right, and spends a little bit longer than you think he ought to spend. And all of a sudden, you're trying to go back to the bondage and slavery that you were just in. Okay? And so they said, make us a leader. Give us a God that we can go back. And so Aaron, he was the priest now. Aaron says, well, take out the gold jewelry out your ears, out your son's ears, your daughter's ears, out your ears. And the Bible says that he made a golden calf. 
And the people started worshiping the golden calf. So they took the provision that God had given them, and they started using it to make a golden calf. Follow now. See, you got to realize that out of sight is often out of mind. Okay? See, that's why we said we got to see stuff. People need to see it, right? Out of sight, out of mind. Moses was God to them. He was the one who was the instrument of God. But when he was out of sight, then God was out of sight. See, see, we got to understand how this relates to money because we can see money, right? I don't got a whole lot, but it's a $10 bill, right? We got, we got stuff that we can see. Come on, somebody. And so we happen to tend, spend more affection on what we see than what we don't see. See, I see my money, but I don't see God. Come on, we're going somewhere with this here, right? See, I see this, we don't see God. So even in the natural, right? A lot of places will let you swipe your card. Why? Because you can't see the money leaving, right? But when it's in your hand, you know you only got $10. But when you know it's not in your hand, you spend the $15 instead of the $10 because you can't see it. And half of us don't even go online to look at what we spent, so we have no idea what's in there. Come on and hear somebody, because we don't see it. See, if we fixate on what we see. That's why oftentimes we, we, we seek people before we seek God, right? You'll call me and ask me to pray for you before you prayed for yourself. <laughs> because you, you see me, right? <laughs> but oftentimes we don't see God. Follow along. And our hearts get attached to what's natural and not necessarily to God. I'm setting the stage here because this is how we get religious, right? When I got saved, everybody lifted their hand this way. So now I think that because in the natural, somebody's hand was lifted this way, then in order for everybody to get saved, your hand got to be this way. Are you following? And if I even try to lift my hand this way, you got a problem because it's, no, it's supposed to be this way. But God ain't worried about this way or this way. God can save you anyway. You see, you see what I'm saying? But that, that's what we do. We become conditioned to what we see in the natural, and we lose sight of God. But God is not in a box. God is not boxed even in by money. So your heart is still the key to effective money management. So Proverbs 4.23 says this, Keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it springs the issues of life. How many times do I talk with couples and they say, we have money problems? And you sit down with them and you start listening to them and you realize they don't have money problems. They got a control problem. Right? Somebody's trying to control the other one with the money. Don't get quiet. We just, we're sharing some stuff. Okay? People start, people start controlling. You don't gotta, the money's not doing anything. The money's neutral. It's sitting there. But we're controlling it. I'm trying to control you with the money. We don't have a money problem. We have an insecurity problem. Right? I'm insecure, so I got to have every dress I see. Right? Because I'm insecure. Right? We got a pride problem. Right? Monroe got a new house. I got to get a new house. Come on. I got to get a new car every three years. Right? Because if Moreau can't be rolling up like that, and I'm the pastor, and I'm rolling up in a beat-up car, that can't happen. He a deacon, I'm the pastor. What I'm going to look like? 
So I got to go out and get me a new car. See, see, my Optima ain't no good no more. I'm a pastor now. I got to get a BMW. I got to get a Mercedes because people need to know I'm the set amount of gold in the house. And I've got to have this and that, right? And, and until pride creeps up. And that, see, see, the car that's perfectly good ain't no good no more. And now I got a $700 payment, a payment I can't afford. That's not a money problem. That's a pride problem. It's a heart issue. The children of Israel, they experienced God, but their heart wasn't with God. That's why they instantly went back to building up a golden calf. Matthew 6, 24 says this, says, no one can serve two masters. For either you will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, or you cannot serve God and money. Amen. That's what it says. It didn't say it's not a good idea. It didn't say I wouldn't advise you. It says you cannot, meaning it is not possible Amen. to serve God and money. 1 Timothy 6.10 says this, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. So he says, for the love of money. Now, the, the, the new translations say it a little bit differently, but really he's saying, for the love of money is the root of all evil. Well, sometimes that may be hard to understand, but think about it. Evil simply is the result of relying on something other than God to satisfy your needs. And so when you start relying on anything other than God to satisfy your need, evil will come out. And so when you love money because you think money is what's going to satisfy your need, that's when evil comes out. You still don't believe me. How does slavery happen in this nation? It's because of money? How does corruption? Why aren't the Astros saying what they really did? Come on here. Because of money? Why do, we, why do Enron people steal people's accounts? Why? Because of money? <laughs> you look at evil, trace the money. We got forensic accountants. That's what they do. Trace the money. Because when, when you love money, righteousness will go out the door. This is what he's saying. It's the root of evil. But the good news is past mistakes and money mistakes don't have to kill your future. <laughs> I wish I had somebody that was excited about that. See, past mistakes don't have to kill your future. See, the children of Israel had the money, and they wasted money on this golden calf, but God had designed to use that money to help build his temple. So we got to understand that we got to serve God and let money serve you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You got to serve God and let money serve you. But in order to do that, it's going to take discipline. Come on, somebody say discipline. It's going to take discipline, and it's going to take consistency. When we're disciplined and we're consistency, we can serve God, and the money will start to serve us instead of the other way around. Because, listen, money is a great servant, but it's a horrible master. Wow. We've got to serve God. i got to move this thing along. Listen, you know, there's a show... I watch, pray for me if, if, I, if you need to, but it's called, <laughs> it's 
It's called Married at First Sight. I just think it's interesting how people would marry a complete stranger, right? Even though I know it's reality TV, it's not always like the way they make it. But I just kind of see it interesting to see how couples go. And one, they have a pastor on there, Pastor Calvin. He says something interesting. He always says, you don't fall in love, you grow in love, right? So even if I'm not feeling you at, front, at first, right, if I stay there, if I invest there long enough, then love will grow. You hear? Right? So just because you think I ain't the best looking man, if you stay around me long enough, you'll learn to love me. <laughs> See, this is what I'm saying. You'll, 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 <laughs> you'll grow to love me. And some people are like, I ain't too sure about that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but he said, no, 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 listen, stop all that, stop all that, stop all that. You got to invest. You have to stay there and invest, and you will grow to love. Matthew 6, 19 says this. He says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. See, we, we got to understand that money sitting around without purpose will invite unwanted attention. Right. Let's take that first. You got a whole bunch of money sitting around. It's going to invite unwanted attention. People are going to try to get after it. People are going to try to steal it. And it doesn't just mean that they're going to go and break into your house, right? People steal money from you by pretending like they're your friend. And they know they're broke. Come on in here, somebody. Let's keep it real. But they want you to go because you'll pay. Now, that don't look like robbery. They don't look like, but they're really stealing from you. Come on in here. <laughs> I can't get in, but I know she's going to get in, so she'll pay for me to get in, so I'll invite her to go. Because they know you got money sitting around, right, with no purpose attached to it, with no assignment attached to it. So therefore, if you ain't going to use it, I'm going to use it. Come on in here. <laughs> let's, let's keep it real. So this is what he says, where, where thieves will break in and what? Steal it. Second thing we got to understand is, is the last thing. He says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Oftentimes in our mind, we've read this, but we think that where my heart is, there my money is. But that's not what it says. It says, where my treasure is, there my heart will be also. See, you have to invest in your assignment. Amen. Whatever your assignment is, you have to invest in your assignment. Listen, if, if you want to love your wife because you ain't feeling her, invest in her. And I'm talking about time, I'm talking about energy, and I'm talking about your money. Yeah. Invest your money in your wife and see what happens. <laughs> Invest and see what happens. See if your, your affections won't start to change. You don't believe me, do you? Let's talk about sports gambling for a second. Can we talk about sports gambling for a second? Sports gambling is legal, right? We, people are legalizing sports gambling. And so now every sports show, pretty much, there's always information about the betting lines. Now, I don't care what show you're watching, because the betting line information is out there. 
They even have shows now that are simply designed to tell, help you gamble, help you to bet on the betting lines. And if you know anybody that gambles, right? <laughs> they got every app and everything on their phone, right? They're watching every show to get every information about what the line is tonight on every game. See, I'm just keeping it real, right? And every second they're looking, checking, looking, sports bar checking, looking, checking, waking up all kind of time of the night checking. Did we win by 30? Did I cover the spread? Did I get my points? Right? Why are they spending all that time? Because their money's there. <laughs> why, why, are they, why are they doing all that? Because that's where my money is. And if my money's there, I'm going to pay attention to what, what's going on there. Right? Come on here, somebody. You spend a million dollars in your house, you're going to pay attention to what's going on in your house. Trust me. Come on in here. You spend $80,000 on your car, you're going to wash it. You're going to wax it. Come on. You're going to be there. Why? Because that's where your money is. And so you, where your money is, there your heart will be also. And so we have to invest into the kingdom of God, and we have to learn to love your assignment by investing in it. If you're going to say this is your assignment, if you're going to say you're going back to school, you've got to learn how to invest in that. You might have to invest in some SAT prep or some ACT prep or whatever it is. You're going to have to make an investment in the assignment that you say that, that's there for you. So if you're going to love your assignment, you've got to invest in it. And for us at the church, we've got to understand that we have to invest in the assignment that God has given us. If we're going to take the gospel to, uh, of the kingdom to a new generation, guess what? We're going to have to invest in that. We talk about investing in our children. Guess what? Investing in children takes time. Investing in children takes energy. And investing in children takes some money. If you're going to invest in your youth, guess what? It's going to take time. It's going to take energy. And it's going to take some money. If you're going to invest in methods where we want to be able to live stream and the people to be able to experience the service, guess what? That's going to take time, that's going to take energy, and it's going to take money. If you want youth space where it has little caricatures on there and Bible stories and people can see, and this is a space where our young people can come in, guess what? That's going to take time, that's going to take energy, that's going to take some money. Come on in here, somebody. I'm talking to you today. And we're going to use this building for the upbuilding of his kingdom, right? To see people coming in through the doors and getting saved delivered and set free and coming to marriage courses and coming to parenting courses to get the kingdom of God to be empowered by the word of God. Guess what? That's going to take some time, some energy, and it's going to take some money. The building got to get cleaned up. Yeah, that takes some money. Come on in here, somebody. Stuff's got to repair. That takes some money. You got to draw upon. That takes money. We need visitors in the, visitors parking in the, in the parking lot. And for those that are, that are disabled and need uh, assistance, guess what? That takes money. I'm here to help us because it's going to take it. We got debt. This bill wasn't free. It wasn't paid off in cash. But debt can't stop us from completing our assignment. Come on in here. We cannot let debt stop us from completing our assignment because the generation still has to be reached. Your assignment in your own individual life still has to be completed. Some of you got debt out there. Come on, somebody. Don't raise your hand, but you know who I'm talking to. 
Some of you got debt, and that debt has to get out of the way. You can't let debt be a deterrent for you to be able to complete your assignment. That's the enemy's job. He wants to say that you'll never get past this, so don't move anywhere. But I'm here to cancel that assignment right now in Jesus' name, and it gets you on assignment. If you're on assignment, your money's got to be on assignment for you. That means there's some adjustments you might have to make, but you have what it takes to get it done. I'm going to wrap this thing up. See, because in chapter 5, they had already crossed over into, over the Jordan. They were in the promised land. And the Bible says that when they went into the promised land, that they had to honor Passover. So they honored the Passover. But he says there that once they did that, they were able to eat of the land that was already there. So they were in a wealthy place. They were in a wealthy land. And they were able to eat the produce of that land. And the Bible says that that day, the manna stopped. You hear what I'm saying? So you see, because when they were in the wilderness, right, where they couldn't grow nothing, where they couldn't do anything, God had to miraculously do it for them. You see what I'm saying? So every day they woke up and went outside, and the bread was there for them. They simply brought it in and ate it. And every day they went out, except for the, uh, for the Sabbath day, because they had to get two days worth the day before. But it was there for them. In other words, God provided a miracle where there was a miracle needed. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He made a way for them when they, when they couldn't make a way for themselves. But the moment he brought them in, right? And the moment they set their feet on the promised land, after they were able to honor him with their Passover, the Bible says that the manna stopped because what they needed was there for them. Here's what I'm saying, church. <laughs> so some of us, we're still conditioned for the old season. We're still looking for God to do something miraculous for us, right? To break us, uh, to, to provide for us in ways that, that are miracles, right? And so we're only conditioned to expect a miracle. Come on, somebody. I'm looking for a miracle, right? We sing about I'm, I'm expecting my miracle. My miracle going to come any day now, right? We're looking for a miracle. And there's nothing wrong with miracles because God does perform miracles. But there's a season where miracles are no longer what God's going to do for you because you're now in a different space and in a different season. See, when he puts you in a season of opportunity, right, where you can go and get some things for yourself, you no longer need a miracle. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You got to get busy to do what God has called for you to do. And I'm here to announce to somebody today that financially we got to get busy to do what God has called for you to do. It's time out for wasting money on things that don't need to be wasted money on. Come on, somebody. If you want to get to where God is taking you and your family, you can't waste a whole bunch of money. So some of us got to cut out going out to eat every single day. Some of us got to cut out doing stuff that we don't need to be doing because it's not benefiting us at all. You turn around and look at your money. You're like, where'd my money go? I don't know because you're spending on a whole bunch of stuff that really don't mean nothing to you. If you've got an assignment on your heart, right, if God has done something to you on the inside, then your outside's going to start to look a little bit different. See, when somebody's changing, you know they're changing because it begins to get manifested on the outside. And part of the manifestation that God is doing in our lives is with our finances. I'm here to encourage somebody that you've got to aim your finances and get a laser focus to what God is calling for you to do. So put some things behind. You may have to cut the cable cord. Go ahead and cut the cable cord. You don't need 300 channels. Just take 10 that you like and keep it moving. Come on and hear somebody. You may have to cut some things out that you don't need anymore, but that's all right. And when your flesh wants to act up, you got to kill your flesh and say, flesh, you just go ahead and die because I'm on assignment. I know you got your wristband, but I'm on assignment. If I want to get to where God is taking me, I can't lose my money because I need my money. And guess what? God is with me, and I know he's with me in the spirit. I know he's 
with me, but I need to have some finance here on this earth because that's how this earth works. And no need for us to be spiritually blessed and be earthly broke. God's not against us having the wealth that we need. That's why he put us in position to be able to have it in the first place. I'm close to see Deuteronomy chapter 8. He, you see, Moses, before he died, he told the people, he said, listen, it is God who gives you the power to get wealth. In other words, God gives you the power to get wealth. And you may say, well, Pastor Tony, you don't know my bank account. It's really, really low. I say, yeah, your bank account is low, but the power to get wealth is not low. See, see you have what it takes. It's time to start focusing on now. I got to use the opportunities that are in front of me. I got to use my skill set. I got to use the gifts that God has given me. I got to use the talents that God has given me, and I got to start being productive in what he's called me to be productive in. Some of us are stagnant. We're even on our jobs, but we're not productive. I'm hearing God say, if we get productive, you can make 10, 20, 30,000 more than you're making if you start to get productive. Don't let people hold you back and think that you can only do something because you may not have a certain degree. If you trust God, if you're on assignment, see, because if you got an assignment, God's going to provide provision for you, and the provision is often an opportunity. You got to look for the opportunity and get busy doing what God has called for you to do. It's not always going to be a miracle because somebody's got to feed you. No, it's going to be a miracle because you're going to start being productive in the land that God has given you. And when you start seeing produce, you realize that, oh, God is real. God has taken me from faith to faith and from glory to glory. That's the same thing that's going to happen in the life of this church. This church is going to get out of debt, not always because it's a super miracle, but because the people of the church are on assignment. We realize that we got to get somewhere to go, that there are young people that need to hear about Jesus, that there are people on the drugs that need to hear about Jesus, that there are families that are broken that need to hear about Jesus. And we can't let debt structure, we can't let past mistakes or whatever it is be an idol to us or an obstacle to us. Come on, I'm talking to somebody. We've got to realize that God has put us in position. He uniquely placed us. He brought us over the Jordan River and given us a land that flows with milk and honey. That if we get excited about God, that we can get after it. We can do what we can do. See, so that when we start ministering to people, then people will start to come. When we start blessing people, then people will start to come. When we start loving and serving people, then people start to come. When we're walking with God, dripping with anointing, and dripping with his presence, then people will start to come. And you'll be surprised what God will do. You don't know who's got money in their pocket. That's why you can't look at somebody down on somebody. You can be looking down on a billionaire. You don't know who God's going to bring to you and minister. And it's not God show me the billionaire, but God let me minister. And if he happens to be a billionaire, I give you praise. I'll take five million, God. I'll bless you in Jesus' name. But nobody's going to stop us from accomplishing what we need to accomplish. But guess what? Everybody, somebody say everybody, has got to do their part. Somebody say everybody, do their part. We got to be faithful to God. We got to understand that the power is not in the money, but the power really is in God. See, when I bring my tithes and my offering to God, it's not about the money. Trust me, it really is not about money. It's about saying, God, I trust you, and God, I believe that all power belongs to you. Here in obedience is what you've asked me to do, and I'm going to give you what you asked me to do. Out of every $100, you said give me 10 and take the 90. And God, I'm going to kick this world behind with the 90% that you give me, 
and watch you do what you only you can do. Power is the money on earth, but we got a greater power. That first power goes to God. And when God gets his, then we get ours. <laughs> Come on in here, somebody. That's when mountains start really moving. So when we're faithful in this thing, when we're faithful in this thing, then God gets glorified. So I'm looking for the day that we're walking debt free. I'm looking for the day when we can build a senior's home. I'm looking for the day when we can expand our property because we need more expansion. We need more parking. We need stuff for our young people. We need a full stage where our young people can come in and be blessed by the arts and dance and, and drama and musical instruments. We need a gym where we got our field and football and soccer and basketball can generate young people. But all this is going to take money. But guess what? You got what it takes. You've got what it takes. If we're faithful to God, realize that it's He who gives us power to get the wealth. Not for our glory, not for our praise, but for His glory and His praise. Somebody give God praise in this place. You've got what it takes. You've got what it takes. You've got what it takes. <laughs> I just can't explain it how I feel it. Some of us have been living in, in, in a poverty state. Some of us have been living at, at a level that we've been conditioned to think that this is only the level we can live on. And God is saying, the devil is a liar. God wants to do something first in your heart. See, as he heals your heart, you'll realize that the world is different than what you thought. You don't have to be broke. You, come on in here, somebody. You don't have to be a beggar. You don't have to feel like you're always depending upon somebody else. No, no God has given you a talent. He's given you ability. He's given you a mind. He's given you energy to be able to produce. And he wants to show you himself strong in this season. It's not just about the church. Yeah, I'm talking about the church, but it's about you as an individual. God wants to fuel what he's placed within you. He wants to prosper you in the thing that he's called calls you to prosper in. He wants to prosper your business. He wants to prosper your not-for-profit. He wants to profit your ministry. He wants to feed you with what you need. But we're going to have to work. Come on here, somebody. As we work, then we begin to see increase. As you work, then you begin to see the favor of God. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Woo. And my money is in my testimony. My money points to the goodness of God. Where'd you get that from? God helped me make a way. I was just faithful in what he called me to do, and he made a way. I was faithful in doing it, and yet he prospered my business. I was faithful in putting up in my business. The Lord is this, the, the leader of this business, and guess what? People just kept coming. I was faithful to play gospel music and stuff. People just kept coming. I was faithful to just try it. God said, invite some people to come out and just minister to them. I tried it, and watch. God, God just did something. He just started bringing people and started making a way because the land is fertile. Come on in here, somebody. It's prosperous for us. You have what it takes. Stop doubting yourself. Stop doubting that you can't do it. Stop doubting that it's never going to happen. You got to have the faith to really believe that it's going to happen. It's going to happen for me. It's going to happen for us. Because the God we serve gives power. 
He's not a dead God. He's not a fake God. He's not a God that don't have power. He has power. And he grants it to his people on assignment. Woo! We ain't building no golden calves up in here. I'm telling you that right now. It's not about golden calves. We don't need to bring no money so we can build up golden calves. This is about ministry. This is about seeing people blessed. This is about marriage restoration and family restoration. A generation of young men coming off the streets with purpose and destiny. It's not about golden calves so we can dance around and talk about how expensive our instruments are and how much sound equipment we don't put in the building. Who cares about all that? We need to know that we can have it right and proper, but we got to go forth and what God has called for us to do. Come on, I need a church that's going to go with me. I got, if I got to go by myself, I guess I'll go by myself. But God, I know I got to have a church that believes in the power of God. Wake up every day with purpose. Wake up every day with intentionality. I'm going to be productive today. And whatever God has put my hand to do, I'm going to be productive today. I got to go. <laughs> Shit. It's a new season. It's a new season. It's a new season. It is a new season. It's a new season. Hallelujah. <laughs> Listen, we got to baptize three, but I want to pray. There's somebody here, to, this word is speaking to you right now. I just want to pray for those who just don't believe. Because I'm hearing God say, he's, he's arresting you today. If, you, if it's you, and it's okay, we want to we wanna be here together. We just want to encourage you. But some people just don't believe. And if that's you, I, I, want, I want you right here. I just want to pray a special prayer. You just don't believe. You've been conditioned so long to think that it's always going to be this way. And God will never get me out of this situation. And things can't change. And obviously, there must not have been anything in me. Because if I had something in me, it would have came out by now. But I'm here to cancel the assignment in the enemy on your life and break that lie off for you. God has given you the ability. He's placed. Come on, turn your heart to him. Turn your heart to Jesus. It's not about the money. It's about Jesus. It's about him. It's about assignment. And watch what he'll do in your life. Come on, it's not just a sister's thing. I know there's some brothers in here. I know there's some brothers and some men in here that you just don't believe. Stop running and act like you do, but start getting real with God and say, God, I need you to show yourself strong in my life. God, I need you as a man on assignment, oh God. I need you to kind of empower me in my home so that I can take better care of my family right now in the name of Jesus. That our rent is paid and paid on time, God. That we have the clothes that we need, oh God. I trust you for these things, but I want you to show yourself. Come on in here. Come on, brothers. I'm going to give you another minute. I know there's some other brothers in here. Come on. Money's not always your thing. You've been struggling with this thing. You've been struggling with your pockets. You've been struggling. It's been hard. It's been a challenge. You don't always see it. You don't always believe. But God is saying faith in rising today. God is shaking you at the place of your faith today. If you would open up and believe, Father, in Jesus' name, I bless you and I honor you, God. 
We receive by faith. We put our faith together for our sister, oh God. Our brother right now in the name of Jesus. It's within him already, oh God. Our sister, oh God. Release her to do what you've called for her to do. My brother, oh God, a fresh anointing. God, to call what to do what you've called for him to do. God, I thank you, God. Breaking the curse of the enemy right now in Jesus' name. Every assignment of doubt and fear, I bind it in the name of Jesus. Faith, oh God. Let faith arise in Jesus' name. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. I am more than a conqueror through him that loves me. God, I bless you in Jesus' name. I declare and decree in the name of Jesus that our heart is made whole today, oh God. That there's no leakage in our heart, oh God. She receives what you've called for her to do in the name of Jesus. On assignment in Jesus' name. I bless you, God. I've canceled the curse of the enemy right now in Jesus' name. God, I declare that she's free to move about your kingdom in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, grant her what she needs in Jesus' name. God, I break every demonic stronghold in the name of Jesus. Pulling at her from the past in the name of Jesus. We cancel the assignment of the enemy, oh God. We declare in Jesus' name that she is free. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. We release her in Jesus' name. God, I bless you, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. Grant to her that which she needs in the name of Jesus. It's not about the money, but it's about God. Let her serve you and let the money follow in the name of Jesus. That she can be a testimony here on this earth. Come on, church. Hallelujah to Jesus. Hallelujah to Jesus. Hallelujah to Jesus. Thank mm -hmm. you.